What's up, guys? It's Rico, CEO of SourceFine Asia, co-host of the Internet Podcast. And I apologize for the shoddy audio in this intro. I am uh, currently just about to get onto my flight from Manila to Guangzhou. Uh, spent a month in the Philippines. I have nothing but great things to say about this place. But yeah, I'm in, uh, you know, kind of, you know, travel mode. I just had to make sure I get this intro recorded before I hop on the plane. So this podcast is another one of the episodes that we've, I did with Noam uh, back in 2017. Um, I think specifically this episode was about systemization. Um, sort of a running theme with a lot of the podcasts that me and Noam had was talking about how we were systemizing our businesses, trying to you know, make things easier for ourselves as managers, trying to figure out about that whole thing. And it's, again, it's always very interesting for me when I listen to these because they're about two years old. Like, in a lot of the systems that we talked about, I've already implemented. Like, I think in this episode specifically, I was talking about uh, Imogen, you know, being project manager and becoming COO and things like that. And it's like, those are the things that are going on now, things that have already happened in the last year. So... Really interesting stuff. Um, obviously, Noam is one of my good friends, and I think we have a good rapport. So, if you're interested in listening to, and even like some of the conversations we had was about revenue, and you know, I think one thing I said at the time was in 2016 we we're doing like three to five thousand dollars a month in revenue, and you know, obviously that's grown since that time period. So, you know, it's just really interesting to see um, where we were then and where we are now. And at the same time, yeah, if you're interested to hear about, you know, two guys talking about scaling up companies and, you know, in the first one to two years, three years of business, I think you'll enjoy this episode. So without further ado, enjoy the podcast. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. Yo. Yeah, what up, dude? Uh, nothing much, man. Today's been uh, today's been an interesting day. <laughs> dude, that's like that's like I don't know. Well, I was gonna say every day, but no, there's some days where it's kind of just like a drag and boring. Uh, what happened this no, week? Uh, for me, it was just like, you know, I have these weird days with this business where it's like, I go, I okay, so I have a weird thing where when when it's crunch time, like right now, we have two shipments. Two productions that are done this week. Uh, we have a, another QC next week, and we had to do like an inspection today. But it's just it's just a lot, like a lot of uh, minute. And then there's another project where it's like we needed to get answers today because we're already like behind. So it's like we had four or five, three to five projects where it's like all day today was like, oh, there's this issue, there's this this issue, or we need this piece of information by this time, or we can't do this, or the shipment is not going to be able to be picked up, and it's like, I'm just like, trying to come up with solutions and all this stuff. So I, I one, it is a lot sometimes, but I love that. Like, I even told my clients in these situations, and I've told my, my staff, I'm like, is it weird that I, I, I really enjoy this? Like, <laughs> even though it's like, it seems kind of crazy and uh it seems like you know seems like there's a lot of moving parts and it, it can be like tough but is, is it weird that i like this you know yeah and, uh 
one of my clients was like, yeah, I, I, I understand where you're coming from, but I think a lot of people are like, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you but listen? Same, oh, okay. Sorry. I thought you were done. At the same time, at the same time, it was like, there was that aspect. And then there was just like some other shit that just brought me down. And then and I was up again and I was down and then I was leaving the office. I was like somewhat. And then I, I almost broke my microphone leaving the office and then like, it was just small shit. Then the elevator was like, not like I called a, a, an Uber and then the guy was calling me constantly and the elevator wasn't moving. You know, it's just like whenever you're in a rush, it always seems like something, it's like everything is going wrong or everything is, the world is conspiring to like delay you even more than you're delayed. Yeah. It's like shit like that. And then, so I was like, hey, fuck it, man. So I sat down and I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, I, right down like base. I had some highs, I had some lows. You know, I guess I'm just like coasting. But then tomorrow is tomorrow's also going to be a crazy day because yeah, there's certain things that might happen tomorrow, and if they don't happen, then some stuff is going to be delayed. But it's kind of like out of my hands at this stage. I've done everything that I could possibly do. Yeah, ups and downs. Welcome to entrepreneurship. Like yesterday was my craziest sales call day. I've never had that many sales calls in one day. It's like I had four, four one-hour sales calls. For me, that's like really draining. But uh, did you listen to the voice messages I dropped? Um, not necessary. I was just curious if you did. I did, but I actually can't. I, like, I almost don't even remember what you said. So <laughs> okay. I was, I was, yeah. I was, I was doing a lot of things. Yeah. Because, like, I've been feeling the same way, especially last week. I'm like, fuck, man. I have so many projects, and I'm, like, I know this is it's more systems I need to build and maybe some more hiring, but I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm... Like, a lot of the delivery of my stuff is done by people, but it's, like, still I'm pitching, I'm handling inquiries, I'm, you know, making sure clients are happy, and, like, I'm scheduling stuff. But then at the same time, I was, like, today, I'm, like, okay, I have stuff I could do, but it's, like, oh, all these projects are getting pushed forward by, like, contractors. Like, there wasn't too many fires to put out, and, like, I just answered some emails, pushed through some invoices, um potentially sign like another like really huge huge client like thousands of dollars worth over the next like few months i'm just like dude this is this is epic and like today because i didn't feel so great i worked for two hours i did all the shit i had to do and i'm like all right that's it i'm done i'll do the rest like tomorrow no big deal so it's just cool yeah. to see like all the systems again just working and stuff but like i know to get to like next step i'm either gonna have to consider like hiring more or like training a mini-me to do, like, what I'm doing or, like, systems and stuff. But it's it's cool, man. I see – it's funny. I see the progression of the business from, like, you know, I was, like, an intern. Then I was a freelancer. Then I was a consultant. And then agency – like, I'm an agency owner now, I guess. And then it's moving into productized services. Like, it's a cool path that's going on. I really love it. And I'm – Yeah, I, w- I want to talk about two parts with – I mean, we were talking. I think I guess we we're talking about systemization in the last couple of episodes. But yeah, I was talking about how it's cool to see the systems working. Mm-hmm. But I'm also just having one of those, like this week. Well, not this week. Actually, it's really just today. Um, I'm having one of those situations where I'm like, yeah, the systems are working, but it was a reminder about how much we need to systemize more. Yeah. Um, and then also going back to your point about the hiring thing. Uh, I, I'm also realizing more and more that I need I need a COO, you know. Uh, like uh, my project manager is is great, 
and she's gonna grow into the role. She needs to learn a little. She's taking more ownership now on like the new projects that are in. It's kind of hard for her to take over the projects that are pre-existing because she doesn't. She wasn't there when we were visiting factories and that stuff. Um, but like, yeah, new projects that came in, I kind of like gave her the details, and then she assigned the stuff to to the other employees, and like she handled you know most of the communications, which, which is great. So I can see what what will happen with new projects coming in. Um, but yeah, there's definitely like the, the pre-existing projects, and then there's also the aspect of uh, client management. So now I'm I'm beginning. I'm wondering whether she's going to be able to. To, to step up in that arena because mm-hmm. there's there's nuances, man. You know, in your Western art, it's just communication stuff. You know, just things that I understand. Like, and this is a mistake that a lot of my clients make because they're. I guess maybe they're used to talking to me. Maybe this is part of reason why there's a benefit of, of working with me. They can talk to me in, in short uh, shorthand, or they can talk to me the way they talk to their friends, or the way they talk to other business partners. But you can't talk to Chinese people that way because you're gonna confuse them. You know, mm-hmm. just language barriers. And uh, you know, I question, I question whether she would be able to handle that. Because um, I mean, sometimes when like like my clients would drop me like ten voice messages, uh, <laughs> and it's like. You know, most of it is like information that I know my staff would be able to understand. But I just know, like, when you're talking that much to somebody whose whose second or third language is, is English, they're gonna miss some key pieces of information. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, like, I've been thinking about the same thing because, you know, I think it was last last time we talked. You're saying like, oh yeah, you're gonna your system is okay now, but to reach the next step, next level, you're gonna have to systemize more. Which is why I'm thinking there are like very specific roles I can fill. It's like I can train an intern or I can hire like a sales rep or a project manager. And I feel like there's there's gonna be a point where I get too overloaded and I'm gonna have to look into it more. Right now it's manageable, but it, there's gonna reach a point like because the business is going to like my hope is that it transitions from again uh, project based again just productized service and maybe there's gonna be some some projects on the go just to, you know, keep everything floating because it's good money. But um, eventually, I think it's it's going to need to change. But I mean, like, isn't that isn't that like part of what, you know, Marcello is going to be doing is handling shit like this for you? I mean, no, Marcello's focus is going to be marketing, right? So it's not like, it's not like, I'm gonna, I mean, of course, he wants to learn about the client-facing stuff, but there's a limit in terms of, yeah, I'll teach him everything that I know, but I know at the end of the day, his ambition is that he wants to start his own business, and he's 20 years old, and he has to go back to university in a year. You know? uh, so okay, okay. It's like, you know, there's how much can you invest in a guy who's leaving? Yeah, I didn't know that. I thought he was older, and he was, like, moving to China permanently. Okay, so that's different. No, Marcello's a straight-up intern. He's, he's really an intern. He's mm. really, he's, he, I would even say he's more of like an apprentice. Than, <laughs> he's, than, than, than. he's he's coming to China to to have some fun and play around with the Chinese girls, and then he's gonna leave and be like, oh no, yeah. <laughs> So I mean, yeah, it's just one of those things. Like he wants to know. Like I sat down with him on. Uh, uh, we can jump into Barcello later. It's a completely like different subject matter. Yeah, but, yeah. But like, so um, what exactly did you want to talk about? Like more systems, I, but I, I guess. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna vent, man. <laughs> All right. Well, again, you gotta keep your venting sessions short because, like, I wanna. I wanna get to bed early, so probably like half an hour, and then. Uh, to be honest, I don't really have much else to vent about. It's just that situation where it's like <laughs> the the weird thing is, I just 
how much can you systemize? How much you can systemize as much as you want to, but in a consulting business, you always need to have somebody who's there who understands how to communicate with people. Yeah, so that's why I was saying, like, what I was thinking of doing is hiring like a mini me because, like, a lot of the stuff I do, it's like kind of personal, but it's like I write these proposals and you know, I'm communicating with clients and doing sales calls. It's like I know I can write processes and train people for that, and I might just like replace myself with like one person and then just move away from it. Yeah, that's so. I mean, I guess it's the thing that I've been thinking about for a while is like I need to, I want to have to hire a COO at some stage. Um, because yeah, there's just going to be certain things that you know, as great as my project manager is, she's not, she's just not going to be able to communicate things. And I'm trying, I'm trying to train her. Like, I don't know, it's early stage right now. She's only been project manager for a few weeks, mm-hmm. so. So I'm trying to train her, and I'll see how that goes. Um, I think in terms of actually managing the projects, you should be fine. It's more, it's more just you know the communication stuff with clients. And like some situations need finesse, you know. Yeah. Um, some situations need like a little bit more nuance. So that's that's and I, quite honestly, man, I feel like yeah. I mean, even if we brought, even if I brought in somebody, they'd need to be experienced in you know consulting. You know, they need to have some sort of consulting background to to, to jump in. I, I would, I could bring on somebody and train them from the scratch for a couple of years, but I, I probably wouldn't want to do that. I want to bring on somebody, and then you know have them work underneath me for like, like intensely for like maybe six months before I kind of, you know, gave them more and more control. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. I, I I'm wondering when that's going to be. Uh, I think. If things continue to go the way they've been going right now, we're probably talking about next year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking on my end, I think, like, I mean, I don't know, but I'm seeing, like, how much I have to put into the business. But I feel like if I actually want to reach the 10K per month profit goal, I think, like, I would definitely need to hire out either a mini-me or, like, one project manager, one sales rep. Like, I, I just don't think that I'm going to be able to, unless, again, I actually am able to get recurring clients and um, put them on the productized service package, then it's, like, more automated. But otherwise, I'm going to have to, you know, hire out. So I guess we'll we'll see what happens. Cause like, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think what tends to happen is, like, you either limit the type of services you provide. Mm-hmm. So then you only focus on, services that do not require that much communication. I could give you an example. Um, product photos, that's one of the services that we do. QC, shipping management, uh, sample consolidation. Um, those kind of services are like pretty much, most of their communications, email. Uh, we have, you know, client like extraction sheets and shit like that, templatized stuff that my, my staff doesn't really need to think about. They just need to plug in plug and play um but when it comes to project management over the course of six months you know that's where that's where you need somebody who can who can communicate when specifically when issues pop up you know yeah because if you have if you have somebody that doesn't know how to communicate they they might say things that cause more concern than what's necessary and then at the same time they're like i said before it's just uh if the client has a long description about something and it's very detailed 
but they're using maybe complicated terms or they're using slang terms and things like that, then that can that can kind of uh, get messy. Yeah, dude. Um, like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I always think ahead. you're done with your thoughts, and then I, I can't I can't tell if you're done or not. My bad. <laughs> no, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say the. Uh, like I was dropping the voice messages. Sorry, you and Phil's advice to like really ratchet down the goals to something more realistic has taken like a lot of stress off, and like has made me able to like actually think about who's Phil. Oh, Phil is uh, one of my friends here. He's a personal trainer. He's been helping me in the gym, and he basically reiterated what you re- you said, just with like habits and like health. Basically, he's like you know people jump in. They're like, I'm gonna stop eating like a thousand minus a thousand calories a day and it's like yeah it's not sustainable you know like be, be smart about it it's the same like yeah i'm gonna go from 2k a month to 6k a month yeah it's it's kind of it's a big gap to fill versus just like i'm gonna increase income by like 10 or 20 percent yeah i mean uh for me it's, it's funny because michelle was asking me a question today like, how did you learn um about like all these apps and systems and stuff like that and i was just like I don't think I gave him the best answer I could possibly. I was like, it's a, it's an amalgamation. Of, but I, I, that reminded me of what you just said in terms of the goals, because I, I think about that. It's like I, I'm trying to pinpoint how I learned how to do that. And when I think about that, that I think of Knox, I think of you know Nick, I think of different books that I've read, you know, where it's just like instead of you putting crazy ambitions out there. Uh, crazy Ed Rohan as well, giving me advice. Instead of you uh, coming up with you know, crazy goals, why not start small? And then, like, Nick's, Nick's thing that he always keeps saying that I started using is under-promise over-deliver. Yeah, which is, like, one of the best things in business in general. It's funny because, like, just as an example, I give people my timelines for email series, and they're always like, oh, that seems really long. I'm like, yeah, you know, we like to leave a lot of time for edits, but, you know, of course, if things are done earlier, then they go quicker, and of course... It's done on purpose, usually for most projects, so that the projects finish one, one to two weeks earlier, and then the clients are like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Right? Yeah, yeah, and it's like, uh, you know, I, yeah, and I was I was talking to one of my employees about setting timelines with product photos, and I was like, "Yeah, we need to set a timeline." So she's like, she was really worried. She's like, "What if we can't hit the time?" I'm like, "Look, we're gonna add a buffer to it. Just relax." But we have to we have to set some sort of goal, some some, some sort of timeline behind this. So one, we can measure it, and then two, we have something to to strive towards, you know. But yeah, it's just like it's, especially when you're, I think the biggest thing is when you start running a company, then it becomes, it becomes imperative that you're realistic with your goal setting, otherwise you're constantly going to be disappointed. Yeah. Like I had, you know, last year I was doing Knox and one of the dudes said, you know, how I talked about how much revenue we were making at the time. I think it was like um, between, it was early last year, between like three and a half to like 4K a month, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a little bit more. And he was like, you know, how much of that is profit? I think at the time it was like 50%. And he was like, okay, so how would you 10X your revenue? I'm like, I don't, I don't want to think like that. Man. Like mm-hmm. that, that kind of, you hear that a lot, like with all these like gurus and shit like that. Like you see all these articles, like, you know, life hack, life hack articles, and like, how do you 10x? Or it's like, man, you know, many there are this is 0.1 percent of companies that are 10xing their revenue, <laughs> like every every quarter. You know, I it's think nice... I think it's a good um, thought exercise. So, like, 
I, I'm sure Rowan told you the same thing, but when I was planning this product, I sort of stuff out. He's like, how, like think about how you would 30x your revenue, and then like yeah. worst case, you hit whatever 5x, you're not going to be sad. So it's it's an interesting thought exercise, but it's not like you know the goal you should really be. You shouldn't. On. You shouldn't be. Yeah, of course you should think about that. You know, of course I was always thinking about how we can get to you know uh, half a billion dollars in sales revenue per year, but like. And I also think about how we could become a billion-dollar company. I've got ideas on how I'd want to do that, but I don't think those are goals that I should be setting. Yeah. Until, until first of all, I don't even want, I'm, I'm not even sure if I want to be running a company that size. We talked about that before. Mm-hmm. And then the, the second thing is it's just like it's unrealistic to set those kind of goals. You're setting yourself up for failure. The most important thing is, if we're constantly growing, then I don't have any, I'm not worried. If we're constantly pushing forward, whether it's, you know, increasing revenue by 10% every quarter or 5% every quarter, as long as we're moving forward, then we're in a positive place. Yeah. yeah. That's it. And also it's like, if you focus too much on that, then it, it, I think it beats down your self-esteem because you're probably doing pretty well. It's like, I looked at my profit, you know, growth over the past few months and it keeps on growing very fast, especially like I said, compared to last year, it's 100% growth, which is ridiculous, right? Um, and if I'm like, yeah, I need to 10x my revenue, it's like I'm going to feel like shit, even though it's like right now to increase my revenue, or I do profit, profit by 20%, all I need to do is just keep doing what I'm doing and establish partnerships like I'm doing, and I'm, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to like clear that no problem. So, yeah, it's kind of like if you if you look too far ahead, you're, you're missing kind of what's in front of you, which is what's kind of working it's like just keep yeah. doing what's working and it's like for us last quarter we, we killed it but and I, I think we did what 40 30 or 40 percent more than the previous quarter mm-hmm. which but that still didn't change my yearly goals you know even if we if we hit our yearly goal you know uh, a quarter early then i would be like okay what how, i have a stretch goal already in mind because we, we seem to be ahead but I don't know what this quarter is going to be like. I don't know what the last quarter of the year is going to be like, you know. So those are those are things that you have to, to take into consideration. And then next year, if I'm looking at this year, then and I'm looking at the year before, now I have more more data to be like, okay, what's a realistic, what's a realistic growth, and what are the patterns as well? Because I've noticed that um, first and second, well, more specific, second and third quarter, no, second and fourth quarter of a year tend to be very, very good for us. Mm-hmm. It was a lot, well, at least based on last year. Um, and I want to see if that's the same this year. So far, it seems to seems to ring true. So by next year, I'll know, okay, you know, second and fourth quarter are the, are the quarters where we're going to make the vast majority of our, our revenue. And then I can measure that much more accurately. But for me to be like, oh, man, we just, you know, we, we, we grew... 30% from we're going to grow another 30% next quarter it's like no man that's that's not real. we might even make less money you know oh. what I mean like it's just, it's just so just try to keep uh, reasonable goals and continue pushing and then if we start to go if we're consistently stagnating or we start to go below then you have to measure what's what's going on and why and, and adjust accordingly you know? so. yeah well I mean like for all this stuff and in general it's like I'm finding I have a lot more patience because I don't like I'm not going broke so I don't feel as stressed and like my mind's able to think better about where to go and it applies for like everything it's like with the health and the relationships and with the business I'm just really happy because it's like uh, I you might not have seen it because I know you don't check your Facebook but um, 
you know, I, I don't know if I watched this before, but there was a Gary Vee video on like all advice to 20 year olds. It's basically a girl who's like, yeah, I want to do this and start this business and all this other shit. And he's like, what's your fucking rush? Calm the fuck down. Number one. Number two, he's like, why do you think you need to be like running a million dollar business when you're 25 or something like that? And she was like, oh, because I see this on Instagram. He's like, fuck Instagram. Don't look at other people. Just focus on doing the work. It's two things that I've been like kind of meditating on this week. It's like, I, you know, I still check Facebook here and there, but like I log out purposely of Instagram and Facebook. I'm just focusing on doing the work, which is like focusing on my sales calls, my pitches, my writing. And then I'm like, the proof is in my uh, quote unquote success. It's like, you know, when I close clients, when my income is rising, when I'm putting out blog posts, when I'm writing books, that's my success. And then like, it's also in the freedom I'm creating where I can just like take an afternoon and go fuck off and everything's fine. And yeah, and, yeah just like focusing on that and just being like, instead of looking to other people, I'm just like, oh, I'm actually creating a life I want instead of looking to other people, trying to think maybe I want that fucking waste of time. Yeah, the only time when you should be paying attention to other people is when you are trying to get ideas, you know, when you're trying to come up with more ideas for your business. Like, that's, that's for me, that's the time when I look at my competitors is because I know they're in my field and I want to see I want to see what they're doing and what direction they're heading in and then compare, like, you know, is that something that we should be doing? Are we doing some other things? Are, are, we, are we doing it as effectively as we could? I mean, a good example for me was content. I looked at, you know, two of my, two or three of my direct competitors, and in terms of content, I felt that there were areas that, there are areas that none of us have, have really dominated, which is video. Um, and then there were areas that, you know, one of my competitors is like amazing at, which is, uh, blog and, and you know writing ebooks and stuff like that. There's a second second competitor who's who's pretty good at that. And then podcast is something that I own because none of those guys, none of those guys are doing it. And I was like, all right, so you know clearly video is an area that I should be I should start focusing on because none of these guys are doing that, and I can I can kind of set the standard for video and and, and take a huge market share for for video when it comes to sourcing and manufacturing. So it's like that. Those are the times that I'm looking at other people. But then, since then, I haven't looked at them. I haven't paid attention to them. I'm focused on executing as best as possible. And then, you know, if if I feel like we're stagnating and we're not learning and we're not pushing things forward with the content, I'll go back and I'll revisit what they're doing and, and see if I can um, see if I can steal or tweak any ideas. You know? Yeah, I mean, I've, like I said, I've been applying the same stuff to both health and relationships because I know if I look too much to other people I get jealous but it's also like I know it's unfair to compare and I'm just like well this is something I want and there's no point comparing to other people it's not fair it doesn't make sense so I'm just going to focus on things that matter it's like so how do I you know, hit my gym goals it's like oh, I gotta go to the gym gotta make sure I hit the calories okay cool it's like how to hit my relationship goals well it's like I know if I want to hang out with friends just gotta go do it want to you know date girls, gotta go approach, it's like pretty simple and then you just block out everyone else and you just focus on your own stuff, that's how you're actually supposed to live life. And I think like, yeah, it might even be better to fo- to pay more attention to people that are doing things that are completely different from yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like I pay more attention to uh, people that are running companies that are completely in a completely different industry from me because I can also get ideas from that and it, it just kind of, it expands your mind 
you, you kind of start to think about other things. That you, I remember when I went to the cross-border summit, uh, the, the, the one from this year, something that I, I think I subconsciously had in the back of my brain, but no one had actually said it that way. The guy, the guy was doing a presentation on like how augmented reality is going to be implemented into the consumer experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Amazon invests way more money in technology than any other business in the world. They, uh, they, they consider themselves to be a tech company, not, a, not an e-commerce store, which you can see with, with some of the moves that they made. I think they just bought, what did they just buy? It was a huge company. I think they just, they, well, this does, is not really related, but I think they just invested in Walmart. Um, but, you know, I mean, they, they're investing in the, the drones, Amazon Prime, where like, you know, your refrigerator is going to tell is going to tell Amazon when you're low on milk and automatically order it for you, like stuff like that. You know, they're they're more focused on that. So that was interesting for me because the guy said, "Listen, in this day and age, if you plan on running a business for the rest of your life, if you're not thinking about how technology could be implemented into your business moving forward, you're going to die." And I was like, "Fuck, that is so true." <laughs> yeah. That is very, very it's true. It's also like... What's up, world? My name is Rico. I am the CEO of Source Fine Asia. And if you're wondering what we're going to be up to in 2019, besides me trimming my beard, we're looking to hire a marketing intern. So we're thinking for the summer, 2019 summer, of course, two to three months in Guangzhou, maybe one month in Chiang Mai, Thailand, where my business partner, formerly known as China Mike, now Chiang Mike, is located. And basically, we're looking for somebody that can help us improve and promote our content. So all of the stuff that you've been seeing on the YouTube channel, uh, social media management, things like that. And then more, I want to make more day-in-the-life type videos. And then potentially in Chiang, in Chiang Mai, we're thinking about hosting uh, sort of sourcing, you know, big meetup over there. So if you're interested in applying, go to sourcefinasia.com slash intern. And I took a lot of time to write the details into that page about the job post and sort of my expectations. And you can apply through that page. So again, sourcefinasia.com slash intern. And I hope to see one of you guys, anybody's welcome to apply, but one of you guys in China this summer. You know, I've, I've said this before, I don't like people because people make mistakes, they get tired, they get sick, as I am a bit right now. Machines, if programmed correctly and the server runs well, don't make mistakes, they do what you tell them to. So it's like, yeah. that's why it's like for me, pitching is not my favorite thing, but you know, I do it because it makes money and stuff. And uh, again, the other quote, like just because you don't want to do it doesn't mean it's not important. You shouldn't do it. Like that's kind of something I've taken to heart with pitching and sales calls, especially. Imagine, because- imagine downloading your consciousness into uh, a virtual version of you, and then that that virtual version of you is taking sales calls. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was gonna say it's just like again automating it with like cold emails and stuff. But yeah, I'm that's, taking that's five like, steps. Ahead. I'm, ta- I'm taking a thousand steps ahead of you, know. Bro, bro. Like I said, don't 10x your fucking artificial intelligence, man. Think like one step ahead, man. The realistic stuff. No, fuck that, man. I'm not taking my own advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But it's like. I don't know, like systems and machines give me give me nerd hard on, but uh, I know also you need you still need like some people, right? It's like no matter what, you're gonna have to rely on some people to to manage some things, right? It's even like 
like a guy I know who's doing like I think it's like 100k in revenue drop shipping store still has like VAs you do some basic management right like you have yeah. to at the same time I mean I talked about this in previous podcast it is cool to it is cool to have you know a team. like right now I was on, on Tuesday I was back in the office and I was looking at everybody in the office it's like there's six people in the office total including myself and I'm looking at you see them as like machines or drones they're just like doing the work for you it's like put no, it in no no it was it was more of like a it was more of like a surreal moment because I was like man I used to it was just me in an apartment doing stuff and now it's like I have a team mm-hmm. and you know things are and they're all sitting here and they're all working on their individual projects and they're all uploading stuff to Google Drive and updating clients and you know calling factories and you know setting up QCs and and shipment it's just like it was just like wow this is this is crazy and then uh segueing into back into Marcello you know Marcello's now become or he is becoming he's going to become like an integral part of the marketing side because i just really felt like there was so much that i wanted to do marketing wise and just i just didn't have enough time in a day so like having him sit all day focused on uh one like for example the lead magnet that you made like he just, he went and he found somebody to to create the pdf and create the he contacted the designer for the ebook yeah it's funny i was actually going to ask about that yeah and he you know he push he's pushing those things forward where it's like for me that stuff was sitting in my inbox and I'm like when am I going to have time to jump on Upwork and jump on Fiverr and then do this kind of research and then for sure in a day bang he's he's got options he's giving me choices he's coming up with designs for the ebook himself he's sending those to to the the ebook designers as reference and I'm like this is awesome and then you know we're talking about Instagram stuff I wanted to templateize um our social media like I wanted to templateize the the pictures and the video and he came up with templates he's in photoshop making templates and he understands exactly the aesthetic that I'm looking for and uh he's he's a big fan of Gary V so I'm able to say like you know how Gary V does his blah 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 and he understands it within you know five seconds and then you know 10 minutes later 10 minutes later he's giving me something that you know I was thinking I was like fuck this is awesome like we're going to be able to push so much more through this guy and you know take the business so much further in a way that I couldn't possibly imagine. You know? Yeah, well it's like I said before like all this stuff gives me like a nerd boner because it's like with projects before I I honestly don't know how I was like managing everything before because I was trying to actually build my blog up right with writing but I was still trying to like pitch and call and do like actually fulfill the work. I don't know how I how I did that shit man but like now you know I'm just focused mostly on like basic project setup and then the more pitching and calling stuff and then most of the the fulfillment is done by by contractors right and it's cool to like you know I have one new guy I'm training him like he didn't do something perfectly but it was like reasonable so I had to do like some editing but it's cool to see him use like the templates and then like send it to the client the client like comes back and then like they keep going forward and then it goes to the next phase and the next phase and it's the same like you know for my for my blog it's like I wrote this draft and I hired a new VA because I wanted to try something new and I'm like here's the blog post draft here's the SOP follow steps x through y and you know let me know when it's done and like in under an hour he's like here you go and like he did it like really well and I was like holy shit this is great because now like I don't have to do the boring crap it's like I write the post someone makes it all nice and pretty I look at it post it done that's it right it's just cool when the stuff works mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean uh and then 
yeah, so with with the marketing stuff, uh, I was talking to him about it, and I'm like, dude, we have barely scratched the surface of the stuff that I want to accomplish with marketing. I've got so many ideas, and the fact that he's there just means, uh, like, I'm so excited to see where things are going to be in three months, because even just in the past three days, we've already accomplished quite a bit, you know, so... Yeah, and then he was asking, like I said, he was asking me about like how I learned all the stuff that I'm doing right now. And, yeah, I mean, being in the trenches, man, just like trying to figure shit out and being like, oh fuck, shit's fucked up. I gotta fix it. How am I gonna fix it? Yeah, it's like you know, half of it, like half of it is preparation, and you know, like, probably you don't have. Like, no, say 20% of I was gonna say, I feel like it's 25% prep and 75% ready, fire, aim. It's like, well, I made it. This isn't working. Oh shit, I gotta like make this work or build something. Yeah. Half, I'll say 20, 20, 25. But I can't, the thing is I can't under, I can't under, I can't and undervalue the amount of information that I've taken from podcasts and stuff like that that I've implemented. Like, I think I heard about, the first time I heard about Slack was on a podcast and I don't remember which podcast it was, probably Tim Ferriss like, mm-hmm. three years ago. You know, it's like things like that and it's like, that is an integral part of my business now, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, yeah, there's a lot of small things that I've taken from. From actually, you know, you know, I use Calendly and stuff. And, um, I think the first time I heard about a service like Calendly was on the Tim Ferriss podcast, like three or four years ago. But the service that he recommended was like a paid service. So, mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, okay, no, I, I didn't want to pay for it at the time. And then um, I met another guy and I was talking about similar stuff and he was using Calendly and then I started using Calendly. Mm-hmm. So it was like all, all these and then Zapier, uh, Zapier, Zapier, how do you learn about Zapier? Zapier, I think, was probably another podcast. <laughs> IFTTT was, IFTTT, I, I, I probably could backtrack that, but like, yeah, I think that was also a podcast where just like a blog article that I read about automation. Mm-hmm. There's like all these different things, all these different resources that you you take into account and then you implement. And yes. it's just also just not thinking too much about about them, like not overanalyzing whether you should be implementing these systems or not, just trying it and seeing what sticks. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This is my gut feeling. I mean, I haven't measured, but... I feel like the one-off tools I learned from podcasts and blogs and just, like, Googling around. But when it comes to, like, overall processes, the best thing for me has been, like, talking to other people. So it's, like, um, our friend Ryan, like, kind of, like, the way that I run the business. And then um, someone who helps me out a lot. Uh, I guess one of the friends slash mentor, he's helped me out with trying to strategize the funnel for this product I service. Um, so that's like overarching business systems and, and infrastructure but like the nitty gritty tools it's kind of like I'm like oh I need a, a calendar and then I think I either got it from a post or you told me you got it from a post so it's like Calendly and then like I don't know all the other stuff I use I, just I, like, I told you about Calendly yeah. son. and then like a Google around I'm just like <laughs> I, need, I need like an email thing that works with my cold email software I Google around and, and it's like I don't know, like just just different little tools, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, was was something that I Zoho, you know? I was yeah, Zoho, about I got I got from you. I know that too. I'm yeah, like, so oh I was shit, thinking, man! My 
fucking invoice software is a piece of crap now. Tell me what to use. And you're like, use Zoho. And Zoho is great. And yeah, for, for, for me, the Zoho thing came about because uh, a couple of years ago, I was using an invoicing app for free. And then they, they started charging, so I stopped using it. And then I, I took like the template from the invoicing app and I had like a VA at the time making invoices manually. And then it just got to a stage where I was like, I'm sending out, I don't know how many invoices, uh, sometimes like three, four, three or four invoices a day. It was like taking a lot of time to have somebody like draw it up and whatever. And I was like, this is... I'm paying way more money to have somebody make these invoices. I might yeah, as well to have like a service that costs like, <laughs> but Zoho is yeah. like seven Zoho. bucks a month, I think. Seven bucks a month. And it's actually free until you have a certain amount of contacts. Yeah, I got, I got too many contacts to stop you free, son. Yeah, so that's, that's what happened with me. Is like it was free until I had like a service. Like, right. Yeah, I but think like, they let yeah, you have like just, five and then it's like, well, you're done. So it happens pretty quick. I, I think it's it's I think it's ten or fifteen. Luckily for us, like we had a lot of like we have a lot like we have a lot of like clients that are just recurring recurring income rather than uh, rather than like having a lot of uh, one off one off clients. But like when it got to stage where it's like I plugged in 10, 15 clients and then I I needed to pay. I was like, okay, fuck, I have to pay for this. So but it was not a big deal. Like it's I think it's like ten bucks or fifteen bucks a month. Um, but anyways, with Zoho, I just googled. Um, invoicing software. That was pretty much it. And I, I remembered Zoho because I, when I was looking for CRMs in the past, that was one of the CRMs that popped up. So that, and then, then another thing, another stipulation I had was when I was comparing invoicing software, I wanted something that integrates with Google. And Zoho apparently has like, out of most apps, if not all apps, has the most integrations with Google across all of their various tools where that Zoho invoice, Zoho expense, Zoho CRM, Zoho, uh, Zoho, Zoho ticket, Zoho, like whatever, you know, they have everything. So then I was just like, all right, just pulled the trigger and try, I tested it out for a week and it sped up my invoicing. I was getting paid faster. I can send reminders. I can set up systems for that. And then I automated, I even automated these, this, the saving of the PDFs into Google Drive so my bookkeeping person could find those. You know, in the future, I'll probably just give them access to Zoho, limited access to Zoho, um, so that they can just see like all the, the invoices and stuff. And then, and then in the future, I'm probably going to be using Zoho Books. Mm-hmm. I'm already using Zoho. Exp- Zoho Expense has also been pretty cool right now because another issue I was having recently is is remembering the expenses, I think I talked about this, but remembering the expenses that I needed to get back from uh, from our clients. And now it's like Zoho will remind me that their expenses, when I invoice the same client, it pops up and says, hey, do you want to add the unbilled, um, the billable expenses that you haven't received? And I was like, yeah, for sure. And then it pops it in and I can get paid. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I just opened my, uh, my, my recurring business expense sheet. Just looking through it, it's like, I have Boomerang, which is, is like super helpful. I got that from Tropical MBA. Uh, Focus of Will, I got from Sean Ogle. Uh, there's stuff like Sendal, actually, the CEO contacted me. That's different. Um, I'm trying to look at what else. Vault Press for like WordPress database backup. I just Googled around. Um, yeah, so it's cool. There's different things. Shoebox got from Sean Ogle as well. So there's like different apps and stuff, just finding it from different places. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of recurring invoice, recurring expenses, 
you know, Zoho expense, well, Zoho itself, you can add recurring expenses. So I sat down like a couple of weeks ago and I just added all my recurring expenses. And, you know, I jump in and I, it gives you like the dashboard where you see all the expenses and, and for month to month and, and also the revenue so you can compare it. It's, it's just, it's nice, man. It's, it's, it's awesome. But yeah, all of the stuff is just you know, Googling, realizing that you have an issue, doing quick research and you know, fixing it and not thinking too much. But one thing that you said that I was also thinking about is like the having, being surrounded by people that are doing similar things to you is also super imperative because, yeah, I mean, there's certain, there's certain questions that you have and no matter how much you Google, it's very difficult to find uh, a concise answer. Like I had recently had the question about uh, profit sharing with with uh, with my staff, and when I Googled it, I got like ten or fifteen different profit sharing methods. You know, <laughs> and I was just like, man, which one is which one is the most applicable to me? Like I kind of had an idea, and then you know, I just I called. Nick, I called uh, maybe one other person, and, and then yeah, I, I spoke to Nick, and he's like, "Yeah, he just gave me very solid advice." He was like, "Start off small, uh, realize that you can always change it. It's not like a, it's not like something that's going to be permanent." Um, and just yeah, just start off small. You can always you can always start off small and increase the percentage, but you can never uh, decrease the percentage. So I was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, that's 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 pretty true." Yeah, that's something to keep in mind because I was thinking about maybe going like pretty high with with the initial percentage and and then go, seeing how it goes from there. But it's much better to just start off small and then increase as I, as I feel comfortable with the system and you know, implement new rules and, and see what issues pop up with with doing something like that. Yeah, man, I I keep saying this. I've said this before, but if I didn't have friends doing the same thing, I think I think like one of the reasons I'm I'm where I'm at because you know I surrounded myself and all my friends are doing the same thing so it's like kind of like by association kind of like uh, what's the thing you describe it's kind of like you know if all the it's like if all well this was like with behavior training but it's like if all the dogs are doing something and it's kind of like uh, my brain is a bit messed up but anyways the point is like I probably would have given up on what I'm doing a long time ago and I probably would give up when I reach like little impasses because like this shit isn't easy and anyone says it is 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 lying to you but um because I have like so many people doing similar stuff I can like ping messages it's like with you which I just did with like one of my clients um if I have like a business idea I can bounce it off someone like it's the whole point of like having a mastermind and stuff right is so you can do stuff like that yeah yeah uh yeah, just being able to pick people's way and then realizing, you know, everyone, everyone kind of goes through similar issues. You know, uh, it's what it's really the most important is like when you think that you're the only one going through one particular problem and then you talk to, and that's for life in general. Mm-hmm. But it really does apply. Business, business is weird in that sense because you are, like I'm sitting right now, you know, at a restaurant, whatever. If I look around, chances are there's only, there's like, there's like 30 people here, 30 or 40 people. Chances are maybe only less than 10% of the people here are entrepreneurs. So when you sit down and you talk to people, most of the time they don't have the same experiences as you. And, and you know, it, it can be difficult to talk about what you're actually doing. 
because a lot of people can't relate. Um, <laughs> so then just having those people already there, knowing, hey, if I have this specific issue, I can reach out to these guys uh, is, is huge. Do, I, uh, actually, one cool thing that happened today is the girl that's in charge of our product photos. I decided to test something with her, which was that we got an inquiry for product photos and I was like, oh, most of the time I've noticed with the product photo inquiries, they actually don't need to talk to me. Um, most of the people have are like referral based or they saw me on YouTube or whatever. So we have an extraction sheet for product photos. I went to the, the girls in charge of the department. She's expressed interest in, in taking ownership and, and earning higher, earning a commission based on performance. So I said to her, I was like, look, you want to do this. How about you take this client from inquiry to to end and, and close it? So I gave her, I was like, what would you do first? I didn't just tell her what to do. I was like, what would you do first? She's like, well, I'd ask them what the requirements are. So what's something that we have that can help you automate that process? She's like, oh yeah, the extraction sheets. I'm like, yeah, you reply to them. Here is my standard response for inquiries as a reference and then send them the extraction sheet. So she did that. And lo and behold, today the guy replied, he had filled out the sheet and now we're moving. And I, I have not, I have not talked, I have not spoken to the client. I never replied to the email. So I was like, oh man, this is, this is great. Like this is, I can see the potential here. Of like, I'm just going to start pushing all the inquiries that we have for product photos to this person. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure down the line, She's just going to be like, boom, boom, boom. Whenever we get an inquiry, she's going to know exactly what to do. Yeah, I was talking to my friend slash mentor, and he gave me a nice SOP for reference where he has a customer sales uh, rep. So anyone who, who gets like their their uh, like pitches via Facebook or whatever, they send an email, and then this guy is given like, you know, template responses of, you know, common questions like, you know, What's your pricing? Uh, what are your packages? Blah 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 blah. And then the customer sales rep will go back and forth, and they're trying to go back and forth. And then all the sales rep does is set up an appointment for the guy, and then the guy will get on the call and close. Though so he's like completely extricated himself uh, from that part, and that's why I was saying, you know, I'm handling that right now. And you know, potentially down the line, I might just do the same thing to. Uh, automate that part. I don't know. Again, it, it, it will depend because his business is uh, is way, way, way bigger than mine. But, you know, we'll see yeah. see how big it wants to go. Yeah, and it's like everybody's everybody's business is a little bit different. Like for me, I, I usually don't have to go back and forth with clients before they hop on a call because our autoresponder usually sets that up. You know, so I, I tend to like not, I tend to only have to talk to email them a little bit after we have the sales call, which would be like, you know, maybe just reviewing what we talked about and then, you know, pitching one of the services. And then that's pretty much it. But, like, with the product photos, I did notice that a lot of times where it was, like, people didn't want to actually hop on a call for whatever reason. Maybe they just feel like the amount of money that they're spending isn't really worth that, you know? Um, so I was like, oh, this is something that I can completely automate because it's always the same questions. They don't need to talk to me. You know, generally the information that we need, we have a good system for getting that information and being able to uh, communicate that information to the photographer. This girl is really good at that part. Once she usually gets 
the information she needs. She doesn't really need much input from me. So I was like, the only thing I need to teach her is just the the email sales process, which is what I'm doing right now. And mm-hmm. I'm excited to see how that's going to be in the future. Yeah, I uh, hate to be abrupt. I'm going to have to tap out. <laughs> Half an hour turns into an hour pretty quickly. Yeah, is it been an hour? It's 50 minutes. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at this. It's only been three days, but it's been kind of interesting dealing with a foreign employee versus dealing with with my Chinese employees. I'm kind of having to. I'm sure it's going to change more and more, but I'm kind of having to shift how I communicate with him because he doesn't need as much direction. So, but I'm still I'm still I'm so used to now being like a micromanager. <laughs> so there's like certain situations where I'm like I'm, I can feel myself micromanaging him and being like I need to let go of the reins a little bit. But um, yeah, that's that's gonna be an interesting process moving forward. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, uh, are we doing official sign off or no official sign off? Uh, you can do an official sign off. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, so if you want to get in touch with me, you can uh, shoot me an email, noam at constantclientsystems.com or check out uh, my company, constantclientsystems.com and you can see more about what we do. Yeah, if you want to reach out to me, that's a podcast at swissoinasia.com. Check out the website, swissoinasia.com slash China for this episode, other episodes, show notes. And yeah, that's it. Deuces. Cool. See you guys. <laughs>